All agents are busy helping others. Please call back at a later time. Any of your questions can be answered by visiting our website. Due to higher than normal call volumes, your call will be handled in the order received. <laughs> and now with no wait at all, another edition of Press 1, Press 2. We're taking aim at firms who seemingly work to ensure you simply give up, go away, or find self-service options. And now, your hosts, Eileen Roth and Avery Russell. This is Avery Russell. I'm your host here along with Eileen Roth in Baltimore, Maryland. Eileen, how are you today? I'm great, Avery. How are you? Oh, I love it. Did she really mean that? It doesn't sound like she did. <laughs> but anyway, so we are here in our maiden voyage, if you will, of our first edition of Press 1, Press 2. Is bad customer service the new norm? I'm sorry. I cannot, I will not accept the the new premise, which, you know, the media is doing a great job of promoting that there's just nobody around to work. I don't believe that. I just don't think companies are looking properly. Or maybe what the real thing is, is that companies don't want to pay a lot of money. So people are tired of working for no money. Well, I think it's a combination of that and the kind of jobs that young kids did, young kids meaning high school, early college, those kids, it's more important now for them to do internships. And because they're it's college driven, college driven from junior high school or middle school on. So I think they start these internships paid or not much earlier. And so their summers and even their after schools, they're no longer working retail, fast food, casual dining, any of it. I see more and more stores closing. So I also think what it is, is some of these job listings, the demands are not worth the pay. They're just not. All these must-have and all these credentials that you have to have. I think people look at it and then they just go next. I think the whole process of having to fill, go on the company website, fill out a form, upload your resume. And these are not always the, the greatest websites, you know, and easy to maneuver. So I do think it has to be really worth it to the person to apply. What has happened to relationships? Well, I, I think they've eroded. I think that the whole way you look for a job, you know, a lot of people who might be good for that position are just turned off. And so if you're going to do keywords, doesn't really show the whole person. I work very hard for my money. I want value. Here's what I don't want to do in my own life. And I don't think our listeners should have to do this either. I don't want to lower my standards, but I may have to because the world isn't the way it once was. And the value that I'm asking for may just be a simple, friendly hello. It may be answer the phone. And how about a simple thank you or thank you for coming? Thank you. Have a nice day. Any of it. But what now when you say thank you, the person behind the register says no problem. So maybe it starts with these companies and training. When I was a teenager and I worked for McDonald's, they had stacks of video cassettes that you had to watch in the break room. And then you were more or less tested on it. So I don't, I think they're just hiring bodies, anybody. And if the training is not that great or nothing at all, then I think it's okay with them because that's what it looks like. So again, why are we doing this podcast? I think part of it is to see the people who are getting it right and the people who are getting it wrong and doing it with our everyday experiences, going into the CVSs of the world and Home Depot and all these people who claim to be the best at what they do, but you're only as good as your people. That is the bottom line. And if you tick me off, that one person who 
you know, really rub me the wrong way is going to be the reason I don't come back in. I go to your competitor or I go on the computer and order it from Amazon or any place else online, but any place but what that business is. Yeah. And it's really, it's really sad because a lot of these businesses that are complaining about you know, profitability and COVID did this and the pandemic and government regulation and this and that. It's usually everyone else's fault, but their own. Do you remember in the 1980s, it was Tom Peters. He had this management by walking around. He was, you know, one of these Mm -hmm. uh, corporate gurus. He wrote some books and whatever. He was very animated. It doesn't happen. You know, how many executives stay locked up behind their electronic bunkers, get in a car, Go to your stores, walk around, take a look at what's going on. I don't think they do because places like Macy's and different companies have been absorbed by these investor groups. They're not retailers. They didn't grow up in retail and it's just one more business for them. So I think part of the point of this podcast is to see who's doing it right and who's getting it wrong. And what we can do by talking about it, what's acceptable, what's not acceptable. And at what point do you go, you know what? I'm not shopping here. Well, you know, I realize, again, I have to change my level of expectations and or my level of expectation. We don't live in a perfect world. And I understand that everyone has a bad day. Things don't go 100% all the time. I understand that. I just don't understand that there are no people. But I think people have to care about, if you're in customer service, you really have to care and you have to like people to a certain extent. But- I don't know that that is ever going to happen again, where the executives walk around the store. They might come in one time every six months to a certain store in their suits and ties and try to connect with the people that work there for a day. And that's it. I think what we need to do is to show some really good examples of customer service and what made us stay, come back again, and things that were so terrible and turned us off so badly that we have to say it. And maybe we ask our listeners, what would you do? I I do believe we'll do a segment on what would you do or what should you do or what could you have done? This is another interesting thing. There's a fine line between complaining all the time or wanting value for your money or time. And I think there is effective complaining. Let's talk I, about that. What an effective complaining. Maybe the- I think what that is, is one of the big things is knowing the correct person to call. Take the emotion out of it. Tell them you're coming from a place of peace and you wanted to let them know what was happening in their store or their establishment. If you state your case in a calm manner, people on the other end are more apt to deal with you because they might have had like 20 horrible calls before your call and they're already ticked off. And if you come with them in a friendly manner, to start at least, a friendly manner, state your case, hopefully you get someone who has good listening skills because first and foremost, angry consumers want to be heard. And however they get it out, the customer service person needs to listen. Just listen. Don't interrupt. Don't try to win the fight. Don't try to pawn them off on another department. Hear them. And then at the end, sympathize with them and then put them in the right direction, whether it's something that person can handle. Maybe it's someone in another department. Maybe it's someone in another country. Who knows? But people want to be heard. And then I think even after they have a bad experience, if they have a good reaction from customer service, I think there's 
probably at least a 50% chance that you'll get a, that store, that company will get a second chance. Well, customer retention is, is, is a big deal, but you, you bring up something that we do need to keep reinforcing on this, on this podcast. And this is something that I do. And I had this just about three weeks ago with the, I think it's Menger historic hotel in San Antonio, Texas. I wanted to bring to the attention of management something that happened in one of their shops that I I truly believe they should have known about. And had they responded to my inquiry, they would have walked away, not with a complaint, but with something that could would have, in fact, made them more money. But they didn't even have the courtesy of responding to my email message or my message on Facebook. I thought that was amazing. So I really do believe the word complaint, it's negative, but it's not negative. You're bringing something to the attention of management that can help them with their business. Here's another listener blip, if you will. I try to ask a question when I'm complaining. Correct. Because you know what? Sometimes it makes that person feel like they've got the knowledge and they've got the power a little bit. And they do sometimes in most cases. Sometimes. But sometimes people just wake up in a bad mood. Or you know what? It's a customer service person who works remotely and maybe you woke them up. And that happened to me last week when I called and the customer service hours from nine until three. I called at 9.30, and the person that answered was sleeping. He picked up the phone. Well, I'm stressing with the technology today. You don't even know what country the call is being answered in. Well, that's true. One good thing I love about Bank of America is when you call their 800 number, I always get somebody friendly. I always get a person's name, and they always make you take a survey right afterwards. You know, I'm going to send you an email. My name is Debbie. Be so kind to fill out the customer service. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I have to say that when I get a person at Bank of America, they say their name and what city I'm calling. Hi, this is Debbie and in Vermont. How can I help you? That makes a huge difference. Well, Uh it puts a face on a phone call a little bit. Sometimes you strike up, but you know, oh, how's the weather in Vermont? Or I have a sister in Vermont, you know, whatever. Um, well, what, you're, what you're alluding to here, this is kind of what's missing. Uh, point, click, and ship works great if you need paper clips. I think, look, I'm not saying the days of the old department store are coming back because they're not, they're barely hanging on. But I got to tell you something, it was great walking in, seeing, smelling all the merchandise, seeing people behind the counter who looked nice who took pride in getting dressed to come to work, who really wanted to help you. I think if younger generations would embrace going into a brick and mortar and saw that type of customer service, they might come back to brick and mortar because they're all about experiences. And I think if you have a really good experience in a store, you might go to that store again, but you also might say, you know what? I really liked such and such. And I'm going to go to their website because I I really love those socks and I'm going to order them again. Well, I look, the technology with the internet, that's, that is forever changed. It brings, it, it cements brand loyalty after a while. When you have good customer service, people will keep buying your brand. They will. How can a business practice good customer service techniques without it going bankrupt? Because that would be the, that's really the issue. We can't I afford think, to do that. I think it has to start with training. So whether it's a good online training program, 
or actual, like, you know, let's say it's at a brick and mortar. You have someone shadow you, you have someone go through proper training and make sure they're actually trained and signed off on that each and everything in that department. No one says you're going to be a wizard at it, you know, the first one or two times, but have them have a solid understanding of how things work in the store, what to do when you get a return, what to do in a complaint, how to keep the customer calm, all those things, all those things. And then I think they have to be tested somewhat and then they're ready to be released onto the floor. Well, I I will tell you this, a few years back, as you know, I had some experience in retail with the Home Depot and I ended up working there for a little bit. And I will tell you, their training programs were spectacular. They were computer-based, you were tested, you learned enough about the different departments and you you learned you know what customers were looking for and where to where to send them if you didn't know the answer they did an excellent job of that and they truly should be commended for it i think it's all in the training and investing in your people and having the people be accountable and, well, it's, it's- and having some sort of morale system you know, whether it's whoever sells the most, whatever it is, I think they have to have some incentive to show up and and to work for that company. A lot of those types of internal programs are going by the wayside because somebody who manages with the spreadsheet doesn't see the return on that. Well, then I think you're going to see when you drive down the street, a lot of vacant, empty stores, big box, small mom and pop or otherwise. You know, sometimes mom and pops are great, but then they put a kid from after school with no training and whatever. It could kill your business. Why do we need a podcast about this? Because we need to help people get value for their money. Everything is costing more. I think one of the questions to our audience is, what can these companies, these stores, these businesses do to get you to come in? What can they do to secure your business and you be a faithful customer to them? That is what they're looking for. You know, they need to they need to make you feel like your time is valuable. Your time is just as valuable as the money you're putting across the counter. I'm very excited to hear from our listeners about their worst customer experience, how it was solved, and their best customer service experience and how you walked away, how you felt, and if you stayed loyal to that brand. Here's an adamant viewpoint. Cut out the middleman. Cut out the middleman. Most recently, I went on a little vacation, and I used the middleman, and there were some issues with the hotel, but when there are issues with in travel, and you buy your tickets or you buy your experience through a middleman company, the hotel says, deal with them. And then if you can get a hold of them, they say, deal with the hotel. And you go in this circle. And I truly believe they just want you to give up. I I think that probably half the people do. I don't want, that's one of the reasons I want to do this podcast. So anyway, listeners, cut out the middleman. Now they don't have travel agencies anymore, but I'm sure there are a few out there. I even thought about rejoining AAA because they have a travel agency and going into their travel agency when I needed travel and let them handle all of it because at least there's someone to talk to. Yes. You know, they knew the business. Now you're just someone who's on the internet hoping for the best. That's why I would never plan a trip to Europe on the internet. I would get a travel agent. And there you go. Whose business is Europe, not the Caribbean, you know, not any place else. But if I'm going to Europe, I'm going to get a travel agent 
that has booked many trips like this and has dealt with worst case scenarios. And, you know, somebody who really has some credibility, not somebody who's answering a telephone in their bedroom. Let's ask our listeners, do you know a real travel agent? We want to know. Go to our website, press1press2.com. Fill out our form. We want to know if you know of a real travel agent, we'll give them some free press because I do not want to go through third-party internet sites. It's too impersonal. So I had some very good customer service experiences that we're going to chat about on our next program. And I'm going to tell you some of my experiences with Talbots. Also a great experience with Sherwin-Williams with paint and CVS, believe it or not. I don't believe it, but okay. Believe it or not, there was contact and there was follow through. So that's the next time. Well, one of the shout outs that I will talk about too, because I do want to shout out, bring to the attention of our listeners, you know, some my own experiences. And this was with an Ace Hardware franchise here in Rosenberg, Texas. Uh, This was last year during the big freeze. I bought a generator from them. When you have people that work for you who truly care about the outcome. And in this case, the outcome was getting my generator to my home and getting it working, not just pay for it and go on your own. What a feeling. And I, so I'm going to, we'll talk about Ace Hardware in Rosenberg, Texas. They really do it right. Maybe we'll see if there's customer service differences where you live in the South and where I am on the East Coast in the corridor of anger. I like that. (laughs) In the Baltimore, Washington, D.C., corridor. So those are all things to look forward to on the next program. So again, why are we doing this? I, I, I'm going to ask you in a second. I'm doing it because I have a passion. I want to create some change if we can, but I want to empower our listeners with tools that they could use to have better experiences in their daily lives. Again, not all of this is negative. Some of it's very, very positive. Well, I think it is positive with people calling in, talking about their experiences. Again, they want to be heard. And sometimes just getting it out is is all they need. Sometimes they're not looking for a hardcore solution. Sometimes they just want to be heard. And sometimes you want to hear something from others to make sure you're not crazy. There's that. I want to hear from people because sometimes you think it's only happening to you. Was I the only person they were rude to today? Did I do something wrong? Has the world changed so much? I want to hear about people's similar experiences. I'm very much interested on how they would have handled it had they been on the other side of the register. We want to make our audience members part of the program, and we will have call-in interviews with people who do run businesses. It's not just going to be Eileen and myself. I want to hear from people on both sides of the register. We're excited. We're going to come up with more things. We want you to be part of this and we want to teach and we also want to learn from each other. We hope that you'll uh, stay with us. Until then, this is Eileen Roth. And this is Avery Russell. And we are, I guess, Press 1. Press 2. See you next time. That's it for another edition of Press 1, Press 2. Tell us, how are we doing? Have something you want us to know? Call us and leave a message. Your remarks may be used on the program. The number to call is 979-398-5698.